so there we go. All right. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. This is Monday morning, April 15th, tax day in the United States, if you are not familiar. Uh, it's April, and I live in Michigan, and last night we had about three inches of snow. So uh, my children were a little off this morning, not necessarily wanting to go to school until they found out that by mid-afternoon it's supposed to be in the 60s. So you know, there you go. What can you do? Uh, well, welcome. Uh, so glad to be back with you. Uh, many of you know that, uh, actually, let me just say a huge welcome to those of you who spent time with me in the last two weeks uh, up in the UP for an early childhood conference, and then also just this past week in Grand Rapids. So uh, I see many new numbers on the dashboard that I've never seen before. So welcome. Uh, so I had the unique privilege and pleasure of uh, spending four days with several people this last weekend where we really, in my opinion, just hung out. <laughs> we got to be at this conference and I designed the sessions in such a way that it would lead from, you know, intro to coaching all the way up through some really deep, heavy mindset stuff. And, and so I just so appreciate those of you who hung out with me and spent time with me. Um, it really was just a, a pleasure to be with you. Uh, and so today I'm really just continuing that conversation that we had. I am going to base what I'm sharing this morning off of a book, a book that I absolutely love. And many of you might even have heard of before. It's called Mindset. And the author is Carol Dweck, D-W-E-C-K. Um, I don't even know how many copies they have in print now, well over into the millions. And people are using this from everything for parenting, business, school, um, relationships, so personal, professional development. Uh, I think it's a great thing for personal development to really check in with yourself and say, where am I at? Do I have a fixed mindset or do I have a growth mindset? And she gives excellent stories and examples throughout the book. I think it's also extremely useful for anyone in the education field. Because education is a little uh, unique compared to other fields or industries in that there is an assumption that if you know something or you know a lot, like you, ha you have a high IQ, that you're naturally going to be successful. When you can have a high IQ and a fixed mindset and never reach your full potential. And so I think it's really, really important for teachers to go through this and to begin to design their classroom in such a way that they can encourage growth mindedness. Okay. So uh, I'm not going to use a ton of her stuff, but I do want to read just a little excerpt because it explains what I'm going to share with you today. So this is from Carol Dweck's book. Uh, it's, I think, in the intro, and it says, A View from the Two Mindsets. So she writes, To give you a better sense of how the two mindsets work, imagine, as vividly as you can, that you were a young adult having a really bad day. 
So one day you go to a class that is really important to you and that you like a lot. The professor returns the midterm papers to the class and you got a C plus. You're very disappointed. That evening on the way back to your home, you find that you've gotten a parking ticket. Being really frustrated, you call your best friend to share your experience, but that friend kind of brushes you off. So what would you think? What would you feel? What would you do? So now she's talking about her research. She says, when I asked people with the fixed mindset, this is what they said. I'd feel like a reject. I'm a total failure. I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. I'd feel worthless and dumb. Everyone's better than me. I'm slime. In other words, they'd see what happened as a direct measure of their competence and worth. This is what they think about their lives. My life is pitiful. I have no life. Somebody upstairs doesn't like me. The world is out to get me. Someone is out to destroy me. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. Life is unfair and all efforts are useless. Life stinks. I'm stupid. Nothing good ever happens to me. I'm the most unlucky person on this earth. And she goes on, she says, excuse me, was there death and destruction or just a grade, a ticket and a bad phone call? So are these just people with low self-esteem or card carrying pessimists? No, when they aren't coping with failure, they feel just as worthy and optimistic and bright and attractive as people with the growth mindset. So how would they cope? So when she asked these these folks, what would they do? They would say, well, I wouldn't bother to put so much time and effort into doing well on anything. (laughs) In other words, you know, if they've gone through this bad day, don't let anyone measure you again. Somebody else said, well, do nothing or stay in bed or get drunk or eat or yell at someone if I had a chance to or my personal favorite, eat chocolate right? Somebody else said, listen to music and pout, or go into my closet and sit there, or pick a fight with somebody, cry, break something. And somebody else said, well, what is there to do? What is there to do? And and so she goes on, she says, you know, when I wrote the vignette, um, so that example at, for her re- research, she intentionally made the grade a C plus, not an F. It was a midterm grade, not a final grade. It was a parking ticket, not a car wreck. And they sort of brushed off, uh, you know, the the friend was brushed off, but not entirely rejected. So nothing catastrophic or irreversible happened. Yet from this raw material, the fixed mindset created the feeling of utter failure and paralysis. Have you ever been there? How about people that you're in charge of leading or or helping through a change? Yeah. So she goes on and she says, when I gave people with the growth mindset the exact same vignette, here's what they said. They said that they would think like this. I need to try harder in class, be more careful when parking the car, and wonder if my friend had a bad day. The C-plus would tell me that I'd have to work a lot harder in the class, but I have the rest of the semester to pull up my grade. 
And she says, there's many, many, many more like this, but I think you get the idea. And she says, now, how would they cope? And here's what they said. They said, I'd start thinking about studying harder or in a different way for my next test in that class. I'd pay the ticket and I'd work things out with my best friend the next time we speak. Somebody else said, I'd look at what was wrong on my exam, resolve to do better, pay my parking ticket, and call my friend to tell her I was upset the day before. And somebody else said, I would work harder on my next paper, speak to the teacher, be more careful where, where I park or contest the ticket, and find out what's wrong with my friend. So you don't have to have one mindset or the other to be upset. Who wouldn't be? That's not the point. Things like a poor grade or a rebuff from a friend or a loved one, those are not fun events. No one was, you know, smacking their lips with relish. Yet those people with the growth mindset were not labeling themselves and throwing up their hands in defeat. Even though they felt distressed, they were ready to take the risks, to confront the challenges, and to keep working on them. I love that. Again, if you want to um, check out her book, it's just titled Mindset. So this really relates to something else that I've talked about in the past, which is the difference between a goal and a growth orientation. So again, for any length of time, if you follow my work, you know I'm all about goals, right? However, let's talk about the process of goal setting. So typically what happens is if somebody sets a goal, uh, let's use an example of maybe in the next month you want to lose 10 pounds, okay? Uh, I hear that summer is coming. <laughs> I hear it's coming, but I'm looking out my window at snow. So let's say you want to get ready for summer and lose 10 pounds in the next month. So you'll, you'll, you might list out different things that you could do and, and you can begin doing that. Now, when you get down to the end of the month, maybe you've lost eight pounds. Okay. So it wasn't the full 10 that you really wanted. So what most people do is they immediately begin to tell themselves something about their identity, such as, well, look at that. I, I never can reach my goal. Um, I'm a, I'm a loser, right? Many of the things that Carol just listed in, in her, um, writing there. However, that's not very helpful, right? Because what will happen after that is that you'll not only say, oh, I've got two more to go. Um, but you say, you know, all the reasons why you can't get what you want in life. And then many people will adopt behaviors that will actually counteract the goal that they're going after. So they may say, oh, see, I can never do it anyway. So I'm just going to go eat whatever I want. Okay. Or sometimes what happens is uh, you have the whole month to lose 10 pounds. And, you know, for whatever reason, maybe you do that in two weeks. And most people, what they do is they're like, oh, look at that. I've got two free weeks. I can do whatever I want. And then they get a little caught up in certain behaviors that don't help them. And so when they get to the end of their uh, preset time frame, 
they might not have lost the full 10 pounds because they actually gained some back. Okay, that is being goal oriented. Being growth oriented, on the other hand, is saying, okay, if you get to the end of the month and you've lost eight pounds, you say, yes, I've lost eight pounds. Awesome. Now, what's next? So you don't put any negative energy towards, oh, I didn't get it by that date. The date is arbitrary, okay? That's to help you on your journey. If you get get it by that date, great. If you don't, that's okay. Keep going. And if you're growth-oriented, if you lose 10 pounds in two weeks, you're going to go, yes, that's awesome. Now what? What should I do with the next two weeks? Okay, so it's always about what is the next step and how can I get there? And here's what I know is that we should be more um, focused on goal attainment versus goal setting. So that's really what I'm talking about today is having the mindset to reach not only one goal, but a continuous pattern of goals throughout the rest of your life. Okay, so how in the world does this apply to coaching and leadership? Well, first of all, you need to understand your particular mindset to learn and grow. So it's always about you first. And then, of course, it's to understand their mindset because it's going to guide you in your interactions with the other person. So if you're a leader and you're trying to use empowerment principles, you need to know what their mindset is. If you're a coach and you're coming in to help somebody to uh, make a change, you definitely need to understand, are they goal or growth oriented? So I want to introduce an idea to you today. It's something I've talked about just, just a couple times in the past. And it's the difference between what I call a bucket filler and a fire starter. So uh, for those of you who are taking notes, if you'd like to, one way that might help you is we're really going to compare these two. So if you'd like, you can make a uh, two columns and just label one column bucket filler and one column fire starter. Okay, so I'll start with bucket fillers. So bucket fillers believe that uh, people come to you empty. So for example, if you're a bucket filler parent, you believe that your children come to you empty, right? It's my job to help fill in them uh, the skills, the talents, the abilities that they're going to need in life. Um, if, if they come to you empty as a staff member, you know, let's say you've hired somebody, uh, and they're coming into a position, uh, a bucket filler believes that that staff person doesn't know what to do. Okay, so it's my job to tell them what to do. Um, also, sometimes when there is a result that you're not seeing from a staff person, some bucket fillers look at that staff person as uh, broken or in need. And so it's my job to come and fill your bucket up. Okay. Now, bucket fillers, their motivation is all positive. It's always to support. Because, listen, they see 
the person that they're working with as in need. And they are there to help fill that need. They absolutely must help. Okay. This is a natural tendency. This is something that comes naturally to them. So your particular understanding of the person in front of you and your mindset determines how you deal with that person. Okay, this is why it's so important to understand your mindset. Okay, because your mindset, uh, your belief about this person drives your behavior and your words. Okay, so I want you to write down right now, belief drives behavior. <coughs> belief drives behavior. Okay. So when you see another person in need, you naturally go to those mentoring skills, teach, tell, boss, uh, let me help you. Okay. So remember last week we talked about the difference between coaching and mentoring. Okay. And, and it's okay to use mentoring when you have that agreement. But what typically happens is that when you're coming in, uh, what I call kind of hot and heavy, uh, trying to help somebody and you might not have stopped to lay the groundwork to get that agreement is that you're trying to fill somebody's bucket when they have a cover on their bucket. And that's where a lot of these, uh, negative interactions might come into play. Okay. Now for a bucket filler, goal setting is really important because you must get that bucket filled up. Okay. So when you come into work with your staff member, you're typically looking at it going, okay, what's the next goal? What's the next goal? What's the next goal? And, and you, you might even set five, six or seven goals when you're with that person, because you see how empty their bucket is and you want to fill it up. Now, bucket fillers also don't really take into account what is already inside that person when they come to you. For example, uh, I have three children. Each one of them, as I look back, I, I realized as soon as, even before they were born, they had their own temperament, their own personality, right? Okay, they don't come to us empty. I also have a, a client that I've worked with in the past and, and she's a coach herself and is, is looking to up-level her coaching. And one thing that she does is she typically will come into the, the client that she's working with and she's in the education system. And I find this happening more and more lately where she'll come in and she'll say, you know, when I was a teacher, this, this is a, a key. Um, as soon as you start taking your experience into that coaching session, you need to understand you are no longer coaching now. You are mentoring. Okay. She'll say, when I was a teacher, and then she'll tell the teachers what she used to do. Now, here's the key. She doesn't necessarily use it as a springboard for a discussion. She's laying the groundwork so that somebody else will have to follow her suggestion. So her coaching clients feel like she's telling them what to do. And when they don't do what she tells them to do, she lets them know. Because in her heart, she really believes that she's helping. Okay. 
Now she's a little less aware. She doesn't understand what really is happening. Okay. So, so that's something that she and I are, are constantly having conversations about, but this is a great example of bucket fillers. They come with their own bucket and they say, how much of my water can I pour in your bucket? When sometimes the people that you're trying to help already have a full bucket. So let me tell you about fire starters. So I, I recently learned not too long ago, I'm not a big, huge camper. Um, and when I am, I prefer actually to be all in all honesty, my version of camping is staying at a hotel where you can see the trees out your window. <laughs> okay. But I learned that camping, uh, when you're setting up a fire, depending on how long and how strong you want that fire to go, there are different ways of placing the wood um, in the pile. Now, I find this fascinating. And I, when I have more time, I'd really love to, to do some experiments with this. But it got me thinking about fire starter people. So fire starters, uh, they believe that, that people come to you, so children or your staff, but they come to you and they've already got their campfire wood kind of sorted into uh, a configuration, okay? And it's your job to really help ignite that fire, okay? So you are able to naturally recognize their uniqueness their strengths, their skills, their abilities, what they're already bringing to the table. You see them as fully resourced, okay, that they have everything in them and that you help them see that as well, okay? So let's say you hire a new staff member and you hire them because, wow, they can really bring a lot to your team, Okay, so you recognize, oh, they're already situated and sorted in this way. They're going to add something to this team. And when they come to you, you want to help them see how awesome they are, how much value they add to the team, and light that fire under them so they can be even better. Okay, you, you help them to think. So there's also no limits to their growth and potential the fire can get as big as it wants. Okay. So some people come with maybe one or two logs on their fire and you can start adding more logs. Other people come and they're like, man, I want to be the biggest fire ever. And so they've already put several logs in their fire and you just have to kind of fan the flames a little bit. Okay. When you're a bucket filler, you tend to see there is a limit here and it's the top of the bucket. But when you're a fire starter, it's more abundant because you could have who knows how much potential. Okay. Each participant gets to determine where to put the next log according to their goals in order to grow their fire. Okay. So, for example, when I'm working with a new teacher and I, I come in and I say, okay, you know, what, what's a goal that you want to work with? And they tell me a goal and I think, oh my gosh, that should have been something you learned years ago. I got to check myself and say, Michelle, that's a bucket filler thinking. You know, where is she at right now? And how can I get her to the next step? And as soon as I make that shift in my mindset, 
it helps me know how to help and support her. And when I change the way that I deal with her, she feels better and begins this growth process. And so she is catching that growth oriented mindset. And so ultimately she will grow past all of the goals that even she or I will set for her because the mindset is different. Okay. So a lot of people think, you know, when I'm working with somebody, I just have to know here are, you know, the, the, here's the data, the research, the metrics, the, the knowledge, the skills that I have to give them. That's a bucket filler type of mentality. When in reality, as a fire starter, our job is to come in and to get to know our participant, to know what is their goal and how can I, encourage and support them in their goal. Okay. But really it goes back to what is your motivation? What is your mindset? So are you goal oriented or growth oriented? How do you handle failure? Do you grow from your failure? Uh, or do you do like some of Carol's participants and, and it really accept the shame of failure, right? Do you tell yourself that I'm less than because I failed? It's really important to understand that for yourself. And that's really the homework for this week is to look at, uh, how do you in, I want you to do this in several areas of your life. So your home life, and maybe even break it up into, you know, significant other versus children, if that works for you. Um, but also your life at work and your life, maybe you're, you're involved in service organizations, whatever. But each part of your life, I want you to examine and say, am I a fire starter here or am I a bucket filler? And then list your evidence. Why do you think you're one or the other? Okay. And that's it. No change is, is required to this week. It's just about growing more aware, growing more aware of your mindset. Okay. All right. So next week, let's see, what is my topic for next week? Ah, yes. We are talking about um, coaching for accountability. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about personalities, which personalities thrive on accountability, um, those that might need it the most, and those who might kind of push back on accountability. And if they're going to push back on that, how could you uh, use other methods instead of holding them accountable? Okay. So again, it goes back to some of that mindset stuff, really understanding what your participant is going through internally so that you can uh, know exactly how to come in and influence them. All right. I am holding an image of you being intentionally influential, amazingly aware, persistently present, and confidently coaching the people in your personal and professional life. So with that, I release you into the wild. Go forth and prosper. Have an amazing week. Uh, and we'll touch base with you again next week. All right. Bye-bye.